from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and very thankful for the opportunity to have a job at this time and be able to have a job that allows me to do what I need to do in the morning for the most part. We can't do our live events on site, which is sad because I love being around the people, but uh, we are, we're able to do our day-to-day, and not a lot of people can say that. And I'm able to practice social distancing while doing my day-to-day, which not a lot of people can say as well. So uh, I'm very blessed, and I'm very thankful, and I hope that you know your situations get better if they're not that great right now and that things get better uh, in general for you and your family and that we all get to have you know opportunities to continue to make money bring things in and at the same time stay safe because that's what it's all about if you're healthy you're wealthy as as Danny Tome says from the Wildcat Sports Pub so we're here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora this morning this entire week we have spent time with with uh, recruits in the 2021 class and I'm so honored and privileged to have them on the show they've all, they all have Syracuse offers that we've spoken to today talk with a lot of gentlemen from South Carolina which had Syracuse fans thinking is South Carolina the only place that Syracuse is recruiting and that answer is no because Malik Neighbors comes to us from the great state of Louisiana and with that being said we bring him on to the show Malik how you doing today good doing good how about you I'm doing well, man, and and you. I mean, obviously, life is has has been different for us all right now, and uh, you know, not 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 in the most fun of ways. How have you navigated what's been going on, and and just uh, you know, personally, what's your life been like, you know, with all of this all of this coronavirus and having to stay home and all of that happening? Oh, um, my life's still been doing football stuff. Uh, at least I ain't got school to worry about, so all you can do is just work, 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 and just find a different way to do different things than other people right now. So all I got is the sport of football, and we just keep on working to get better. And, and for you working to get better, what can you do? What are you doing? How are you working out? How are you keeping yourself in good shape and, and you know, obviously taking care of your body? What are you doing at home? Um... I do different things at home. I go outside, work on the ladder, I do push-ups, sit-ups, run, run around um, the town. I mean, run around the streets and the blocks. Um, I can't really lift weights and go to the weight room because that's all at school, and then we don't have access to all that. So I'm away from the weights. But um, my, I do work with a, my, one of my trainers, and we work on speed agility drills, and that's it. So, you know, you're, you're working on different drills. You're keeping yourself busy. Has that helped you to kind of uh, stay stay sane in all of this? You know, even though football is a little different right now, obviously, and, and not having school and whatnot, do you feel like the ability to work out has kept you structured and kept you focused and, and kept that, you know, football side of it alive for you, even though things are a little bit different? Um, yes, sir. Um, doing this is... It's just like when I was in seven or seven, I was able to stay in shape and keep running routes and play games and play different games a day and keep running around, being 
being active, but when this all happened, everything canceled, so I had to find another way to be stay active and stay in shape, so I found another way with my trainer, and we just go every day, and we just work for like three hours and just do different things. So for you, speaking here with Malik Neighbors, uh, free safety and wide receiver in the 2021 college football recruiting class hailing from Louisiana, bring me into when you found out that you know, this is all happening because, you know, we all had a different experience of, of how quickly or, you know, maybe we were monitoring it for a while, but, you know, some of us, it happened so rapidly. Uh, how did how did this all happen, you know, from your v- viewpoint, your vantage point, when when everything started shutting down and you didn't have to go to school anymore and, you know, you couldn't go out and, and train on the field at school and this, that, and the other? Bring me into how things happen for you and how you experienced what's going on in, in all of our lives right now. Um, it happened really fast because everybody was talking about it and it wasn't a big deal. But then the week I came back from um, from New Orleans, I was going to LSU the following week to um, go on an unofficial visit. Um, and that Thursday, they had shut everything down. I had just talked to Coach Mickey Joseph about coming. And then that um, they shut it all down. And I got a few text messages from Coach saying that um, nobody can go up there to see nothing. So it really messed a lot of things up because I was planning on taking visits. Um, but as soon as it's cleared down, I'll probably still go on the same visits I was hoping to. Or I could, I can because I still go. I'll be um. It'll be probably in the summer, and I have to go to camp, so I'll make a make an adjustments to that deal. And so you said that you know obviously you had like a lot of recruits out there. You had planned to go and visit places, and obviously that changed things. So you know when where were you planning on going to visit before all of this happened? Um, I was planning to go to LSU. Then I was going to go to Virginia and then Louisville and go um, up to Mississippi State and then probably um, make one to Kentucky and go back to Miami. So for you, uh, planning to go to uh, Virginia, LSU, Louisville, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Miami, I want to discuss that because those were the places that you, before coronavirus hit and everything changed, that's where you're planning on visit. So obviously those schools have a connection to you that was meaningful enough for you to physically go on campus. So let's start with Virginia. Uh, why are they on your list as a place that you want to go visit? Um, it's the coaching. They're very honest. Um, I talked to one of the coaches, Coach Marcus, and he said he's all about honesty. I had a good talk with him all over the phone. And it's just the coaching. And I like the players that goes over there. And um, he showed me a lot of stuff about their school, and I really liked it. Oh, Malik, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. So you you said you were you, they just told you what the school is like. Anything else about Virginia that stood out to you? No, sir. Okay, so uh, Virginia is a place that you wanted to go visit. LSU. Uh, what about LSU? Put them on your visit list. Um, LSU is a home a hometown. Um, hometown school. Everybody from um, Lafayette and Louisiana. Everybody loves to go up to um, LSU to see the place. Um, so I was. And I never got an offer from there yet, so I was just going to go up there. And i never seen the um, place before. So I was going to go up there and see this spot, see this place. And I've been 
calling out, so um, I feel that I was probably gonna get an offer, but it didn't happen. It, I can I wouldn't be able to go up there, so who knows? So what can you say about? Do you have any connection? I mean, outside of LSU, obviously being there in your home state of Louisiana and being a team that that obviously I, I can imagine. Uh, has people from all over the country interested, especially people that are right in the neighborhood where you are? Uh, what can you say about LSU? Do you have a relationship there? Have you spoken to the coaching staff? I know you said you wanted to go visit. You don't have an offer yet, but do you feel like there's there's some type of love there? Is there some relationship building there, or were you going there to try and start to build a relationship? Um, there, there's been a relationship building there since I was a sophomore. Um, I've been talking to Coach... Nah, not my sophomore year. I think going to my junior year, that's when they was able to talk to me more because when your sophomore is not really able to take you. So um, I've been um, building a relationship with Coach Bicky Joseph. So and Coach Falk, Coach Falk really um, was has been down here a long time, and I was able to talk to him. And he was he take the Louis Lafayette area, so he come check on me. Uh, he was checking on me later in school. Um, he was popping up, um, seeing how I was doing, building a relationship with me. And I um, talk to Coach O sometimes. Every time I talk on the phone with Coach Mickey, um, he puts Coach O on. So um, I've been still building a relationship with those guys. So I haven't been. It wasn't like um, I'm going to just go up there just to, for the name or something. I, was just, I haven't been building a relationship with these people. So you, you've created a connection with them, and like you said, you have that, and you were hoping that obviously that would build. Uh, you know, What can you do in the process? I mean, once coaches can talk to players and, and can connect with you, are you hoping that LSU is, is one of those places that gives you an offer? I mean, is that a place that is a, a favorite of yours at this point? Um, yes, sir. Uh, I think when I probably get an LSU offer, a lot of people won't really stand, stand out more to me. Um, this would be a, a humble experience because everybody that's from here wish to have an opportunity to go to LSU or any college at all. So I'll be very um, surprised. That coming from Malik Neighbors, once again, a free safety and wide receiver coming out of the state of Louisiana in the 2021 college football recruiting class. Uh, other schools that you mentioned you plan on going to visit. Louisville, a school that has offered you like Virginia. What do you like about Louisville? Um, the players. The players. Um, I recently, a lot of players hit me up from over there say it was, it's a nice place, nice facility, coaching as well. And um, it's just, it just, I just got a feeling about them. It's just a, a humble experience. I want to go there, see the spot. A lot of coaches text me from over there. They keep me updated about things that they got going on up there. So I want to go up there, take a visit, and see what it's like up there. You said you just have a, a feeling about Louisville. What What is the feeling that you get from them? Um, It's a good feeling, but it's not like any other feeling that you get from any other college. Like, like you know, if you probably go up there, it's probably be nice. Um, you never heard really a lot of bad things about the college, so you really want to go up there yourself and see. So Louisville on that list to go to visit. Mississippi State is there as well. What can you say about you know another school that has offered you? Uh, what do you like about Mississippi State, and why do you want to go and see them? Um, Mississippi State been on me really um, a lot since my sophomore year. Um, 
super hard no matter what. Um, the loyalty and the bond that I share with the receiver coach and Mason Smith has been um, it's been great. Um, I when I went up there for camp and I got the offer, they told me around the school. Um, it was a nice campus, and they said when I go back for a game, they would like me to come back for a game. They tour me around it also again because I don't remember a lot. So um, I'll go back up there, see it, um, take some pictures in the um, jerseys, and then probably um, come back. You know, and, and I want to I want to stop there before we talk about Kentucky. Uh, you talked about taking some pictures in the jerseys. You know, that's something that has become a thing over over the last few years that you know schools like to do, and a lot of schools have have uh, taken that up to have you on campus and have you you know don the jersey and see what it really feels like. What do you like about that experience and kind of that individual photo shoot where it's all about you in that moment? Um, when you get those pictures back and you just see yourself um, in the jersey and you're like wondering like if the if the colors fit you, it's all different things that's going through your mind. Um, how good you look in it, everybody hits you back from social media saying you look good, you look good, and all that. So it's really the perks that come with um, recruiting. So it's really it's really fun. For you, have you have you? Does that, I mean, does the jersey matter to you? Like, when you put the jersey on, if you don't think the colors look good or you don't look good in it, does does that does that hold weight to you? I mean, do, does the jersey game have to be on point in order for you to feel good there? Um, no, sir. But um, in high school, like, it's all about, in high school, you like swag. So, like, you don't, if you don't have, if you don't come out looking good, you're probably not going to play good. So, um... It's all about it's all about the um, how you look in it. So it's really not the colors, but it's all how how you wear it. So you can you can, you can't hate the colors, but if you wear it a certain way and you like it, you a ball. You said you wanted to uh, visit Kentucky as well. Uh, what can you tell me about Kentucky and your relationship with them? Um, when I first got the offer to Kentucky, I was surprised, and after that, everybody's they started texting me more and they was um telling me they needed some receivers and I'm at the top of their board. Um they didn't tell me like if I would come in I'll play early but they said like um they needed some receivers and I'll be at the top of the board to come in and if I do good I'll probably play. So so um I was being in a a relationship with a lot of different people from um from Kentucky and they tell me a lot of stuff, um they got a great facility, and I talked to Joe Williams about it. He said they got a nice facility. Um, he thought when he went up there, it would never be like this. So um, I got a few people that I know that left from um, Louisiana area that went to Kentucky. So I got a few um, people that I can talk to about it. And if everything they've been telling me has been good. So you said you have a few people that left Louisiana and went up to Kentucky. What have they told you about it? Um, they say it's a different it's a different environment from Lafayette. Um, people the people are more nicer. Um coach coach um Bo coach um the receiver coach says it's a it's a nice place. Um, they want me to come see it and I I was planning on it. 
And then the final one that you mentioned that you wanted to go visit on your list before everything hit with coronavirus was Miami. What do you like about Miami? Um, Miami, last time I went, I went for a 7-on-7 tournament and went to it. And we really didn't get to see everything because it was during the Super Bowl and the um, San Francisco had the... Yeah, the 49ers had the um, locker room, so we couldn't go in there and see nothing. So, um, and we couldn't tour the school a lot. So I planned that I was going to go back, probably go back over there, and they'll be able to tour, tour me through the things I didn't see the first time. So you got to go down to Miami during the Super Bowl? Yes, sir. What was that experience like? Um, at first, I, I didn't know where it was because I, I didn't really hear a lot of people um, say it was in Miami. So when I went down there and they told us about it, then I was like, oh, it's going to be nice out there. So um, it was, it was a, in Miami, it was really nice. The um, the weather was really nice. The view, the, it's, like, it's like the weather in the, the, the ocean is really nice in Miami. And the people, it's really nice out there. Uh, coming from 2021 wide receiver free safety Malik Neighbors hailing from the great state of Louisiana. Malik, uh, you know, you have, we've talked about these schools you want to go to see. Uh, as far as the offers that you have, Louisville, Mississippi State, Virginia, Arizona, Arizona State, Arkansas, Hawaii, uh, Houston, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Monroe, Memphis, Miami, South Alabama, Syracuse, Tennessee, Tulane, Utah. I don't know if I missed any there. Uh, your recruitment has really shot up here, and you got a lot of schools from a lot of different conferences wanting you to come their way. What can you tell me about your recruitment process, and you know, just how how amazing this has been for you? Because I'm looking at your list right now, and I'm seeing a lot of reputable programs. I'm seeing I'm seeing schools that I've covered for you know 17 years or you know seven years and whatnot. I'm looking at you know schools with coaches that I know. So I know that these are these are some reputable places for you to get recruited to. What does all that mean to you? Um, it's been a it's been really a humbling experience. The recruiting part has been um been a fun thing to go around with. Um, before it wasn't as crazy as it was now. Um, I think since a lot of coaches they have a lot of free time, they don't have to worry about really going in and being with their team a lot. They stay away and they with family so they got enough time to take the recruits that they were recruiting for a long time and um I would have never thought I would be in God would put me in this position to meet a couple people a lot of people from um my state outside of New Orleans and the, a lot of different areas in, in, in Louisiana and go up and meet different people from Tennessee Mississippi Florida all kind of all kind of places in the world so um, it's been really a humbling experience to meet different kind of people and build a relationship with a, a, a couple people. That coming here from Malik Neighbors. Uh, Malik, with all these offers that you have, uh, you're a wide receiver, also a free safety. Where are the schools looking for you at? Is it strictly wide receiver? Is there a little bit of both? Uh, how are schools recruiting you right now? Um, some people are looking for me to play. All of my offers have come from receiver. Okay. Um when I play defense, it's probably it just help for my help for my school because we we were starting on players. So um, that was my first year playing, and I pretty did good at. It. So I'll probably I'll probably um, probably go for athlete and just see what 
coaches pick me ass to go to college at. So right now I only got receiver offers. So. Okay, fair enough. So, you know, all wide receiver offers. How would you describe yourself as a wide receiver? And, you know, just kind of what you would say if, if somebody said to describe your game and what it's all about, what would you say? Um, say he's fast, physical, um, for his size, he can go up and catch the ball pretty well. Um, for his size, he's, he, his routes is, is clean. Like, I run a pretty good routes, if you ask me. Um, I get open a lot. Um, I'm, I'm a trust receiver, like, if you throw it up, you know, nine times out of ten, I got it. Um, that's it. That coming from Malik Neighbors here on the broadcast. Malik, kind of going off of that, what would you say is your best attribute? You know, you, you talked about a lot of things that you feel like you do well. What do you think is the best part of your game? Um, my explosiveness to attack the ball um, at a high point. Then no DB. Um, that's it. And then as far as an area that you want to work on, what part of your game do you really want to – you know, assess at this time when you have this extra time to work out and whatnot. What are you What are you working on the most that you feel like can get better in your game? Um, right now we're working speed and acceleration. I want to get away from people really fast. Um, uh, my tape, I saw pretty a lot of my speed, but I think I could I could be way faster than what I am. So we're working on getting faster, getting up field faster, um, get on my brakes faster. And they're working on the top of my routes. Fair enough. That coming from Malik Neighbors here. Malik, before we get into rapid fire and have some questions, it could be about literally anything. Uh, Syracuse is another place that offered you, and more recently here. Uh, what's your take on Syracuse? How much do you know about them? You talk about speed and acceleration, and that's what their offense is all about. So what do you know about Syracuse, or what can you tell me about the offer? Um, I, know, I, don't, I know nothing about Syracuse, but um, I've been talking to one of the coaches over there and um, been in a relationship with him. He said um, to come up there is really nice out there. The the, um, the fans are the fans is um, really nice. Um, but not a lot I know about Syracuse. I be talking to him a lot. He be telling me um, things about Syracuse. And which which coach have you been talking to up at Syracuse? Um, I close to like four of them. Okay. I'll have to go see which ones I talk to, but it'll probably take a long time because <laughs> a lot of people have been texting me. So, so you you got the offer from them. What it, what did they tell you, or what did you get from them when you got the offer? What has the conversation been like? Like you said, you don't know much about Syracuse, but you're building a relationship. The coaching staff wants you to come up and see it. What what did they say to you about the offer, and what have they told you about Syracuse? Um, when I got the offer, they said. Um, my name was at the top of the list for 2021 guys to to see. So when they come on the tape, they said, "Oh, they really like my film." And in the office that they run, they really like the um, outfit right in. Um, when I got, they told me about Syracuse. They said um, the playbook that they run, um, I'll fit like literally right in, and I'll come in and probably play early. Um, they said they're. I think a private school that I mentioned. Or something like that. Um, it was one of them, but I had a conversation with Coach and everything was going crazy. So I really don't a lot of remember a lot of stuff. 
So they said that you would fit in the offense and had an opportunity to potentially play right away. Yes, sir. Okay, fair enough. Do you have interest in, I mean, you're down in Louisiana, do you have interest in coming up to Syracuse and visiting Syracuse? I know they weren't on your original list, but is this a place that you want to come see? Yes, sir. Um, I have I have, I would, um, I have a chance to meet all the schools that offer me. Right now, I have a chance to probably go up and see, but I'm not in no rush. Yeah, you know, and obviously this time gives you a lot of time to sit back and think about it. So, what do you do with your recruitment right now? You have a, you have a bunch of offers, a lot of thing, you know, a lot of great stuff going on for you. What do you do? That you know, how do you try to maybe go through it this time because you have this extra time, and you know, because the world is so different and we're asked to social distance. Do you try to take teams off the list now? Do you try to narrow it down at this point? How do you handle your recruitment when you have the extra time to kind of think about it? What are you going to do with this time that you have to maybe make this list a little bit more manageable for you? Um, I've, been, I've been playing around with it, yes. I've um, dialed down from a couple of teams um, for probably about maybe 12 or 15. I've probably dialed down to um, right now. I got the time to like recently look at a lot of some of this history in these schools, um, check like records and and the playbook that they run, um, different highlights that they um, come out with. Um, and just last year, I didn't really get to see a lot of people that often they play. I only got to see like a couple, and everybody was so focused on LSU. We was watching a lot of LSU games, seeing what they was doing. So I never really got to watch a lot of um, other colleges play. So I was just taking my time while I have a little free time to just watch a lot of those teams play against different teams that are off teams that play that both of the teams that played that off me already. So um, I've been doing my research on a lot of um, teams. And so with your research, what teams are you able to take off the list that you've been able to do so far? Um, I think in um, I'll just um, come out with a list. I don't want to um, tell it right now. So huh. I, I'll probably um, post it on Twitter or something. Maybe so you're, when you're figuring out this list and you're doing your research on these teams, like you said, you didn't get to see a lot of them play this year. A lot of the focus is on LSU and whatnot, being down in Louisiana. What are you looking for? What's the criteria? Because, you know, obviously you have a bunch of offers you have you have the blessing of having you know even one offer, let alone all the ones that you have. So you have the pick of the litter, and you got a lot of great schools that are on this list. So, and when you're narrowing it down, what's your criteria? What's the checklist of things that a school has to have in order to be on your list? Um, coaching um, is for number one. Um, you gotta go in, gotta have a relationship with these coaches and. And they gotta be some good coaches. Um, I wanna go to like a, a pass offense. I don't wanna go to like a run offense and I'm a receiver. So, um, the offense that they run, um, players that have come through, um, their facility that's left, um, did good. Um, just the, just everything a kid like to come, like, um, in the school to come in and see what it's like and have a issue with a lot of, um, a lot of players and go there and do their job and hopefully to be successful in life. 
And then for you, you know, Malik, when we go back to your first offer, because we talked about all the schools that offered you, bring us all into, and for people that don't know, the first offer that you had, and just bring me into that moment. What were you doing? Where were you? You know, paint the picture of when you got your first offer and who it came from. Um, my first offer was from Lawrence University. It was a D3, I think. Um, at the time, I was in my room. Just chilling. I got a call from one of my coaches at Como um, to say he's he been talking to this guy. He knew him a long time, and they liked him my film, and it was gonna offer me. So I called them, and I got it. And um, I was I was happy. And then after that, I was I was a little bit sad because I thought I wasn't probably gonna be that that D D one person to um, go and play at a big college, but. I just kept on working and working. I hit up a lot of camps. Uh, never um, never back down. I was always the one to just keep on balling and just don't worry about it. So and then after that, um, I got that. I was in nationals last year. My sophomore year, I was in nationals in the summer. And I was balling out over the week. The nationals in Atlanta. And a person from Tennessee seen me balling and... I was, we was playing against one of his sons, and he was out there for his son. And he said he couldn't help himself when he seen me balling like that. And he was going to offer me once he got back to um, Tennessee, and he was going he was going to tell um, all these people about me, and they was going to hit me back. And I had got it, and that's what that was my first that was my first Power Five offer. I had had one from UL. That was my second one. Then after that, when I got that Tennessee offer, I was really happy. And um, that's when everybody started taking notice of Malik. And then after that, I just went a lot to a lot of camps, and I went ball out. And when I went to um, Memphis Mega Camp, um, I balled out over there, and I got three in one day. Was it two? Yeah, it was three in one day. I got three offers in one day. And that's when everything really took off. So, Malik, for you, like you said, you got a D3 offer from Lawrence University. And you thought in that moment, maybe I'm not going to be a, a D1 player. Maybe they don't want me. Maybe I'm not good enough. And your response to that was to go work hard, control what you could control, stay focused, stay positive, and just give it all you got. Just what you could say about that, you know, because, you know, you hear people all the time. They don't hear They don't get the answer that they want right away. They give up. You didn't get the answer that you wanted right away. You went to work. You worked hard. You put your head down. You did what you needed to do. And... Now we're sitting here talking about all of these offers from all of these quality schools and, you know, in, in, in whatever division it may be, you know, from Lawrence University to all these schools, all quality, and to see the schools that want you and how successful they've been in recent history and, and some of these, you know, coming up and whatnot. So just what you can say to the people out there, not just football-wise, but in general, that if things don't work out for you or if maybe the first step that you take doesn't go in the direction you want it to, that it's important to continue to work your hardest, do the best you can, and to never give up on yourself. Um, yeah, just lead to the recruits that, um, that's not getting a lot of attention from different people. I was that person. I was the same person in y'all's shoes. Um, I was a person that got a D3 offer and never thought I was going to be a D1 athlete. So, I mean, you're probably thinking the same thing. Um, I think you just keep on going. Don't let, a, don't let nobody tell you that you can't do something. Um, with the family I have, with my mom, she has been um, 
she's been striving me to continue playing football. When she got when I got that offer, she was the most happiest person in the world. Um, even though it was a D three. Um, I have a good uncle. Um, my uncle when I got that offer, we sat down and talked about it. Um, we said, we know it's not the one that you really want, but I mean, you only control what you control right now. Um, later on, when you're all said and done, there'll be teams that thought they should have offered you. So I look at it, I look at a, a long time distance um, part view. I mean, um, in the long run, what can I do in the long run with different teams, and what can I do in these offenses? So um, I say to those people, um, keep on going. Um, if something don't work out, it's always a different route that you can take. Um, maybe if you get an injury or something, it's always a different route you can take to come back from that injury and, and ball out more and then probably get more offers. So um, I think you shouldn't worry about really offers. Um, they don't, don't make you a person, so that's it. Yeah, coming from 2021 college football recruit Malik Neighbors, hailing from Louisiana. Malik, finally here on the show, uh, Rapid Fire, where we get to talk about literally anything off the football field. Uh, you can ask me questions, I can ask you. So you're going to put me on the hot seat, I'm going to put you on the hot seat, and I think it's only fair for it to be that way. So are you ready to put me on the I, So many people are interviewing you, asking you questions. Are you ready to be the interviewer, finally? Yeah, I think I'm ready. All right, fair enough. So what's your first question for me? You can ask me anything. Um, how do you feel about our state? How do I feel about what? Our state, Louisiana. Uh, how do I feel about Louisiana? Well, I'm happy that you asked that question because uh, in, in, 2000, in May of 2006, I came down to Louisiana for Katrina relief. And when I, yeah, and I came down for Operation Helping Hands. We stayed in a military tent. And our job was to go into houses and to take them down to their studs. So get all the mold out of it, knock down all the walls, gut everything so that they could be rebuilt uh, from the inside. And I can honestly tell you that that experience now, almost 14 years ago, uh, is an experience that has stayed so close to my heart. I always, you know, Louisiana always comes on my mind. I want to come back and visit. I want to be there. The, the food was great. The people were great. Uh, what I realized in Louisiana is in a crisis, and I think people could learn something right now with what we're going through. When Louisiana had experienced the crisis they had experienced with Hurricane Katrina, the people that I met that had literally nothing, that you know had no government help, the insurance was screwing them over, their houses weren't livable, they were trying to figure out where their family was and what their next meal was going to be, those people came and they cheered for us, they clapped for us, they honked their horns, they talked to us, they told us their stories. So if I can say anything about Louisiana, I think that you have one of the greatest states in the country because the people in a time of crisis, in a time of negativity, in a time of confusion, in a time of being lonely and being left behind, they gave everything they could, they stayed positive. And if I learned anything from the state of Louisiana... Whenever your life takes a turn that you don't want it to take, you can either handle it negatively or you can handle it positively. And, and the people of, of Louisiana have shown me that there is nothing in this world that's that bad that you can't be happy to be alive today. And I, I think that I have to give a, an honest like round of applause and just appreciation for your state because you have some really awesome people that live there. You're welcome. Um, what? Did you, were y'all surprised about 
the way LSU came out and balled and won a national championship. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. You know, I think uh, Ed Ogeron, uh, he has connections up to Syracuse, and so I think that's kind of cool that people felt connected to him. Uh, I, I think Coach O, when he came in, people made fun of the way that he spoke. They thought that as an interim head coach, he'd never become the head coach. They didn't think he deserved it. And then here he is hoisting a trophy on an undefeated season. So, you know, I, I think I think Ed Ogeron is is amazing at his job. I think I think what he did with with LSU is something that very few people expected him to do. And and at least from my viewpoint nationally, I don't know how it is in Louisiana, but I don't think a lot of people gave him credit. And just like you, he never stopped believing in himself, and he believed that he could, and he did. I think Joe Burrow is a fantastic uh, quarterback. I'm excited to see him. Hopefully he translates to the NFL. I, I think LSU, I mean, I I honestly didn't grow up an LSU fan, but I, I most sure uh, surely was cheering for them. I thought that they were the number one team in the country. I thought that they should have never lost that ranking. And I think that at the end of it all, it made me very proud to see LSU win for the state of Louisiana, for Ed Ogeron, for the people there. I honestly think it was a championship that uh, even though I didn't grow up a fan of them, I will go back and, and gladly remember that moment and watch that. And I think that uh, I think that after all of it, it made me want to buy an LSU hat for sure. All right. um, what are some challenges you think the next generation will face? I think that uh, the, the next generation, in my opinion, uh, the challenges that uh, that that you will face, I think, are um, learning about how to connect in a society that is so disconnected. I, I think that 9-11 brought people together. I think coronavirus is making uh, some people be together, but also other people just kind of think about themselves. So I think that your generation is tasked with the job to uh, really care about one another and to think about other people. I think it's sad to see that some people in this young generation were saying that, oh, the coronavirus is killing baby boomers. Well, those are people in their 60s and 70s. Nobody cares about their life or they lived a long life. I'm like, that's my mom and dad. You know, that's that's people's grandparents. So I, I thought that that was crazy uh, to see that. So I, I think that your generation, because you have everything at your fingertips and because it's so easy to get information and it's so easy to connect with people, and you really could sit at home and never go outside for the rest of your life and still reach people. I think it's important for your generation to remember the value of a face-to-face conversation, uh, looking people in the eye, uh, how important it is to build relationships, to keep your word, and to realize that social media is a means to bring us together as a supplemental thing. But the number one thing you should do is to talk to people on the phone, go and see people face-to-face, and to remember that just because it's easier for you than it was for for everybody that came before you doesn't mean that uh, there should be a lack of respect for that or a lack of appreciation. So I hope that your generation really does start to uh, care about everybody a little bit more and, 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 um, and just realizes that the generations that came before you worked their butts off so that you could have a cell phone that does everything for you. So... I, I really I really hope that your generation appreciates one another and realizes that when you put the phone down and you sit with each other and 
just kind of hang out and, and talk about anything, those are the better moments than any moment you're ever going to have on a cell phone. All right, um, last question. For when in your life could you feel um, most grateful for? Uh, I would say that I'm most grateful for the, number one, I'm most grateful for God. Uh, I, I think that, I think that I know that uh, without God, I, I wouldn't be here. Um, I know that there was many times in my life where I wanted to uh, give in, give up. I thought things were too hard, uh, too stressful. Um, went through a lot of uh, personal struggles that uh, really didn't have to be as bad as they were, and God was able to give me perspective and bring me out of it. Um, I would say I'm thankful for my family. Um, I have more than one dad, in my opinion. I have more than one mom because I've had uh, people really step up. I, I don't have any brothers or sisters, but I'm an uncle to six nieces and five nephews because God has blessed me with friends that treat me uh, like a brother, and that has been uh, that has been above and beyond. I have a girlfriend that that puts up with my my bad days and and my good days, and so I, I would say that I owe her a lot more. But she has been the greatest uh, thing to enter my life in recent history. My dog is is a daughter to me, and she treats me like a dad. So I would say I'm grateful for all the loved ones I have in my life. I'm grateful for their patience with me. I'm grateful that they have loved me through my my darkest moments and my toughest moments. Um, I'm thankful for God, and I and I'm thankful for the job that I have because I decided to start my own company. I worked with ESPN, Fox, Yahoo. And I started my company because I wanted to do things the right way. I wanted to be moral and just. I wanted to pave a way for people that come after me. I wanted to pave a way for people in your generation. Um, and, and so I feel like with what I'm doing, God has given me the ability to pay my bills, to wake up every day and feel like I, I never go to work. So I don't really know how to thank God enough for the fact that my job is awesome. My loved ones are awesome. What I get to do every day is awesome. And to know that I wake up in the morning and my job is to reach out to people like you and tell your story is hands down one of the uh, most gratifying and, and most wonderful things to do. So I, I think God has has uh, extremely overblessed me and I'm not going to give any of it back. I, I'm going to keep it all. I told him you overblessed me, but I'm not. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. And I think that uh, I think that I, I really can do a better job of counting my blessings, which you helped me to do today. But I uh, I have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, that's good. So that coming from go, what were you going to say, Malik? That was, that was it. That's all the question I. So that coming from Malik Neighbors, and and normally we go back and forth, but Malik, you asked uh, so many great questions there, and I appreciate it. And let me say thank you to you for you know you asked me about your generation and. You know, the fact that you asked those questions and that your questions were thoughtful, they were deep, uh, they were they were very um, kind and considerate and open shows the type of human being you are. So uh, let you let you consider to be a, a great representation of of yourself, of your generation and of this world. And I hope that there's more Malik neighbors out there for sure. Yes, sir. Thank you. So with that being said, Malik, I appreciate it. I, I hope that everything continues to go well. Please stay safe, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Take care. That coming from Malik Neighbors here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. 
I am so grateful for that conversation with, with Malik right now. That was uh, by far uh, above and above and away uh, one of the, one of the most thoughtful and thought provoking uh, moments of my life. And that's Malik. I'm going to thank you for this today, and I, I know I'm going to thank you down the road. So thank you. I appreciate it.